right, Acts 19 for today. The, the thing is about this morning's message and about being blessed today, you have to have an expectancy. Amen? You have to have an expectancy. Why? Because you're dealing with the God of unlimitedness. If you're going to arrive and say, yeah, you know what? Last week's service was the best service I ever had in my entire lifetime. And you set your standard by that, you've just limited yourself for the next service. You've got to step through the best service of your life. Imagine this. This is actually the example that I was given for this. Imagine you were Peter, James, and John on the Mount of Transfiguration. Jesus says, there are some who are standing here who will not die until they see me coming in my kingdom with glory and power. Then six days later, he takes Peter, James, and John onto a high mountain. And as he prays, his clothes start to shine. Say shine. Say glory. Say light. He becomes gloriously transfigured and they see it. Then Elijah and Moses appear out of the Old Testament and they come out of the cloud and they come and stand before him and he's like settling stuff. He's closing off an era and starting. It's a preview. It's the forthcoming attraction. These three guys are let into the attraction, the forthcoming, the glory that's going to follow the cross. They let in for a moment. And Jesus is like drawing back the curtain for a moment. As he prays, he goes, Whoosh. and he shows them the glory and the power that's coming in the kingdom. And, and he says to Moses and Elijah, the law and the prophets, I am the completion of both of you. I am the fulfillment. Peter, James, and John sit there. They go, whoo, they fall down, but the first thing they want to do is they want to build tabernacles. They want to set up church on this happening. They want to build a church, a tabernacle for Peter, a, a, a tabernacle for Jesus, one for Elijah, one for Moses. Call it the church of Elijah, Moses, and Jesus on the mountaintop. They want to set up this mountaintop as the highest thing. And God steps in, and they fall down, and then he says to them, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well blessed. He said, hear him. And when they open their eyes, Jesus is by himself standing there and the others are gone. Now imagine you set up that as your highest expectancy. This was the best service I've ever had in my entire life. I'm building my church around. You've set yourself up for failure. You've set yourself up to just receive up to there and not beyond. But God is unlimited. You cannot step into a service and say, this was the best service. We were going to services where we had such manifestations in the morning service that we, we were like, oh, completely rocked. And that's where I learned. The next service has to be better. The next service has to be bigger. My expectancy is not in a man. My expectancy is God, and God is unlimited. Amen? So you've got to sit here this morning and say, whatever I had last week, whatever I had last night, whatever I've had before, this is going to be bigger. This is going to be better. I'm fastening my seatbelt. My expectancy, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. What? Say to the guy next to you, I'm ready. <laughs> okay, Acts 19. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul went through the upper inland districts and came down to Ephesus. There he found some disciples. Not a crowd, not 3,000 disciples. He found some disciples. And he asked them, say he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed, in brackets, on Jesus as the Christ? And they said, no, we have not even heard that there is Holy Spirit, a Holy Spirit. Ask the person next to you, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Amen. Say the first question that Paul asked. 
You see, we've got to read the Bible and ask ourselves questions while we read. Why was this question so important for Paul to ask when he arrives at this place? The first thing he asks is, have you received the Holy Spirit? This is 24 years after the day of Pentecost. There are disciples spread out through Asia and Europe and all the known world, but when Paul gets there and he's judging the the, the judging is maybe the wrong word. He's evaluating this group of disciples and wants to know at what level they have progressed to. Where does he enter to preach to them? The first thing he says is, have you received the Holy Spirit? Say important. <laughs> he asked into the, he asked the, and he asked, into what baptism where then were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, continually telling the people that they should believe in the one who was to come after him. Continually, continually believe in Jesus that is coming, all right? That is, in Jesus, having conviction and full joyful trust that he is Christ the Messiah and being obedient to him. So he was preaching, even John the Baptist was preaching a baptism in the preparation for the coming Christ. Amen? Say baptism. Baptism in the Holy Ghost. Say right baptism. Right Holy Ghost. Okay. On hearing this, they were baptized again, this time in the name of the Lord Jesus. And as Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in foreign unknown tongues, languages, and prophesied. There were about 12 of them in all. Now, in case I leave this out later, if you go down here, okay, let's read finished here. And he went into the synagogue and for three months spoke boldly, persuading and arguing and pleading about the... So we've got baptism, we've got baptism in the Spirit, and then we've got the preaching of the kingdom of God. In, in levels of importance, this is Paul's message to the people, the kingdom of God. Say the kingdom of God. But when some became more and more stubborn, hardened and unbelieving, discrediting and reviling and speaking evil of the way with a capital, capital W of the Lord, the way of the Lord, before the congregation, he separated himself from them, taking the disciples with him and went on holding daily discussions in the lecture room of Tyrannus, Tyrannus, Tyrannus like tyranny, okay, from about 10 o'clock till 3. <laughs> What's the time? 10 past 11. You've been in church for an hour and 10 minutes. And some of you are itchy to go home right now. How long did they have church? From 10 until 3. Yeah, to my son, my next This continued for two years, so that all the inhabitants of the province of Asia, Jews as well as Greeks, heard the word of the Lord concerning the attaining through Christ the eternal salvation in the kingdom of God. For what? For how much? This went on so that all the inhabitants of the province of Asia, Jews as well as Greeks, heard the word of the Lord. Oh, people, you, you, we read the Bible together. This school about the kingdom of God with the Holy Spirit instated in 12 men was able in the period of two short years to turn the whole of Asia Minor on its 
head. No, on its right side up. There must be something in the preaching of the kingdom that is that powerful that can change everything. So when I look at the preaching of the apostles, I want to know more. So drop back with me, and we're going we're gonna to see some stuff this morning. We're going we're gonna to rock and roll in a moment. Just help me put the airplane on the, on the runway so we can go somewhere. Go with me to Acts 2, and we'll start off at verse 38. I'm going to start running hard now. Are you ready? I've oiled your wheels. I've pumped your tires. Are you ready to go with me? Okay, and this is my second service, so yellow at yach now, all right? Then Peter said unto them, this is now on the day of Pentecost, the, you know, Remember, the Spirit was poured out because they were told to wait for the most important person to come because you will receive power. I wish I had the voice of some people. There's some people God gave them a voice. It's so powerful in their voice when they shout. It feels like a lion roaring in the Spirit. It vibrates right through your chest and you know there's power in the room. I wish I could conjure up lightnings and thunders and all kinds of things that you understand what kind of power I'm talking about. He said, go and wait until you receive this kind of power. They've just received it and now there are some people looking at them and they're going, these guys are drunk. And Peter stands up and he says, these are not drunk as you suppose. How do you suppose somebody's drunk? There must have been something for them to suppose they were drunk. These are not drunk as you suppose, but they are very, very filled with the Holy Ghost. Okay, so this is where we're at right now. Then Peter said to them, they, they get so touched by what he preaches, and I'm not going to preach all of that right now, but it's about the resurrection of Christ. And if you go into this message of mine, you will see that from verse 28 or whatever, you will actually see what the apostles preached from the very first day, all right? But he says, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. Does that not sound similar to 24 years later when Paul walks into Ephesus? Be baptized in the right name. He says, and for the remission, the forgiveness, the washing away of your sins. And then shall you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Say it's a gift. Say it's a promise. Say it's a promise. So it's a gift. So receive what is promised. Say to the person next to you, it's a gift. It's been promised. Say, say, so receive the gift. That is a promise. Okay. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all of them that are far off, as many as the Lord God shall call. Woo. And with many other words that he testify and exhort, saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. There was a generation that was untoward. There was a generation that didn't want God. We hear now how they pushed them away and pushed them away. And on that day, about 3,000 souls were saved. 120 in the upper room. The Holy Ghost hits. Everybody looks drunk. Peter gets up with a strange message and says, be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And in a moment, because of the power of the Spirit, 3,000 people get saved. Say, so that's multiplication. <laughs> and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Bump somebody say, this is important. The apostles' doctrine. The apostles taught something. And that something had enough power to save 3,000 people in one day. Well, if you go backwards, you'll find what happened. He spoke about to them who were Jews, David the king. And said, this king had a promise that there would be an heir onto his throne to eternity. Say rulership. Say kingdom. Jesus didn't not only bring the kingdom, but entered into one that already existed on earth. Charles didn't walk up one day and say, hi guys, I'm King Charles. He didn't do that. 
He walked into a dominion that had been in the United Kingdom for years. His mom passes. He walks in and steps into what is known as kingdom. <sighs> the apostles' doctrine. He said, Jesus, David died. His body is still in the tomb. Jesus was crucified as it was predetermined. He was in the grave for three days. He paid our sins by dying on that cross, washing us in the blood, and he rose again on the third day. He is the risen Lord. Apostles' doctrine. The cross, the crucifixion, the, the, the communion and the washing of the blood, the forgiveness of sins, the apostles' doctrine. The grace by which you receive it, not by works, the apostles' doctrine. He preached the resurrection, the apostles' doctrine. Raised from the dead on the third day, seated on a throne in heaven, in heavenly places. Are you hearing? If you take what I'm teaching you now and you open the book of Acts, you will see the pattern repeated and repeated and repeated. We are the witnesses of him that passed on the cross and raised on the third day. We are witnesses of his resurrection. Jesus is alive. Somebody sent me a thing this week about an agnostic or atheist or something, a number of them, and this guy was interviewing them, and, and, and they are of the greatest atheist agnostics. They said, we cannot deny the existence of Jesus Christ even if we want to. They're saying, we don't believe, but he lived. I hear the old chorus. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. His is the blood that ransomed me. His is the power that set me free. He's the risen life, risen life, given unto me. Oh, Jesus is alive. I won't tell you where I was sitting in the middle of the night. My wife had been talking to me about honoring our roots, where we come from, where we were saved, where we were baptized in, in the water, where we were baptized in the Spirit, where we learned about communion, where we went to Bible school. And we said, we will not in any way mock that existence anymore. We will honor the men of God that taught us the way they did. And the moment we honored them, although they've left the path long ago, the moment we were like David said, I will not cut off a piece of the pre-king, the king that is now not anymore anointed. I will honor the calling anyway. The moment we honored, because God expects you to honor, the moment we did, something changed in the spirit. And I'm sitting awake in the middle of the night in the bathroom. And the score has come. And I feel the anointing of what I used to feel in the beginning days when I first met Jesus. And I feel an anointing come on an old chorus. And God starts speak to me, speaking to me about the Spirit. And He said, there's a revival coming. There's a revival of what the old men carried. There's a revival coming of healing the sick and raising the dead and seeing blind eyes open and seeing thousands of people stream to the altar. There's a revival coming because you did the, you did the, you, you did the, the basic thing just to honor where you came from. It's not a man thing. It's a God thing. It doesn't make sense to me, but it makes sense to him. The moment I honored it and said, that's where I owe my birth to something shifted. The doctrine, verse 42 of the apostles, the fellowship, that word there is kononia. It's a close communion of believers that are family. It is the ecclesia, the family of God in a church that models Everything that is in Christ's nature, the forgiveness, the love, the goodness, the modeling. Ecclesia means in the Greek, they would take citizens from Greece. Then the Romans took it over and they adopted the thing. They would take them and they would send them to a province that had just been annexed by the Romans. They said, we have taken over your country, you are now Romans. But they were Gauls, barbarians, whatever. And they would send a group of people. 
They said, you are the ecclesia. You are the chosen out ones that have got, been chosen by the government of Rome to go and model what the kingdom of Rome looks like. By your eating habits, by your walking, by your clothing, by your speaking, by everything that is your example, people will see you are Romans and they will adopt Roman citizenship just by what they see. Oh, come on, church. You are a walking, talking, moving, eating example of the kingdom of God. When people see you, they see the Christ within you. You have been sent to model what God has done on the inside of you. And just by seeing people are going to get jealous. <laughs> and the breaking of the bread, meaning communion and other fellowship around the table. Small group leaders, please take note. And in, can I add a word into the Bible? and in powerful prayers. The apostles' doctrine, the fellowship of Christians in the body, the breaking of bread, and powerful praying on these four things that they continued in, multiplication started to take place. The next time we see Peter and John are on their way to the temple at the hour of prayer. They find a man who has been born lame. They say to him, silver and gold have we not, but that which we have we give unto you. They go up to the man. Can you imagine if you've been born lame what your legs look like? Can you imagine the atrophy in your muscles? You've got no muscles. You've just got two bone sticks that are sticking out. They grab him. They say, look at me. Why? Because in the windows of my soul there's something looking out back at him. Who's that? Who's there? Holy Spirit's there. They said, look at me. They grab him by his hand and they pull him up. He says, immediately. Not five minutes, not ten minutes, not three months. Immediately. His muscles and his bones became whole. And he went ahead of them, leaping and dancing and pray come on you just come on you're gonna leap and dance and praise god he went into the temple ahead of them leaping and dancing and praising god and everybody in the city knew he'd been born lame because later it says when they realized that these were unlearned fishermen and they knew that they'd spent time with jesus and seeing the man born lame, they had no argument at all. Woo! Say, power of the Holy Ghost. Okay, so we need to understand kingdom. We need to understand kingdom. Kingdom is not a coming thing, kingdom is not a city. Kingdom is something much more than that. It's God's rule and God's reign. Now it says, do not look for the kingdom in, let me, let me give you some scriptures for those who are making notes. Kingdom within, Luke 17, 21, 20, verse 20 to 21. Do not look for the kingdom in external expressions of something that's still about to come or to happen. But the kingdom is within you. Look at somebody say, the kingdom is within me. Say, the kingdom is within you. Say, you are a visible piece of the kingdom. Hallelujah. Matthew 12, verse 28. When you drive demons out by the Holy Spirit, Matthew Am I too fast for you guys this morning? And you too fast for me. Matthew 12 verse 28 or Luke 11 verse 20. Ah, but if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Say like rank of a general authority. 
When I drive demons out, Luke 11 says, by the finger of God. When did you hear the finger of God? When the magicians could not copy what, the, what, what Moses was doing. When the third plague came, what God did, when Moses called that plague, the magician said to Pharaoh, we cannot copy this for this is the very finger of God. In other words, the Holy Spirit was operating in Moses' ministry in Egypt. They said, this is the finger of God. Oh, what about Mark 16? He said, these signs will follow you who believe. You will speak in other tongues. You will drive out demons. Say, the kingdom is already within me. And the kingdom is already upon me. So they've helped me. The kingdom is a was. The kingdom was beforehand. Because God is a king. God is authoritative. When he makes man, he said, let us make man after our image and according to our likeness and let them have dominion. There was already authority on Adam to have dominion. Kingdom was existent already on the earth. God placed it there already. So say the kingdom was. Then Jesus comes and says the kingdom is. Because now the king, John preaches, Jesus preaches, the kingdom of God is at hand. How far is my hand? It's this far from my body. So if something's at hand, it's within reach. So Jesus says the kingdom has now become within reach. When he shows himself to them, he said the kingdom is now about to come. The moment he dies and is risen from the dead, his kingdom becomes established. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. The government will be upon his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of his, who can help me? Of his kingdom. There will be no end. Say eternal kingdom. So when I preach kingdom, I must understand, kingdom was, kingdom is, and kingdom will never end. Say progressive revelation. Say it's growing on me. It's growing in our presence. Kingdom is going to manifest more and more and more. <laughs> Isaiah 9 verse 6 and 7. By the way, if you wanted that. My little sheep, Luke 12, 31, 32, 34. My little sheep. I have desired to give you the kingdom. God's desire that his people will be living kingdom. It will be the representation, the rule of God upon the earth, living in and through you and me. We are the kingdom. Oh, God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. 1 John 1. We desire that your fellowship will be with us as it was with Jesus. We looked on him, we saw him, we touched him, we felt him, we beheld him, the word capital W of life. He said, God is light, word of life, and in him there is no darkness at all. Are you with me? Are you still traveling with me? So the kingdom must be a kingdom of light. How do I know that? Well, Paul is on his way to Damascus. He says, O King Agrippa in Matthew 20, in, in Acts 26, but read it also in, in Acts 8 where he meets with Jesus on the road. He's going to persecute the church. I'm not going to go through the whole thing for time's sake. Saul, Saul, why it's hard for you to kick against the priest. Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus that you persecute. When telling his testimony later, he says, Oh, King Agrippa, he said at about noon, what's noon? When the sun is on its brightest, a light shine. Oh, a what? Where are we in which year? Light here. A light shining brighter than the noonday sun shone upon me. God is light. In him is there no darkness at all. When he appears, his glory is light. His light is glory. So the kingdom that 
He said, this God took me out of darkness, brought me into. You have been taken out of the dominion or the, or the, or the I don't want to call it a kingdom because he's not a king. He's a fallen foe and he's a liar. He took you out of darkness and brought you into the kingdom and the authority of light. Now wherever you go, wherever you place your foot, wherever you walk, light exists. Though they cannot see it, though you are unaware of it, when you step into an atmosphere, the darkest, the most evil, the worst, when you step in, everything changes. For you are part of the kingdom of light be. Okay, Nicodemus. I wonder how, teacher, we know you are from God, for no man can do these things unless God be with him. Nicodemus, you must be born again. How can I, when I am old, enter into my mother's womb to be born again? He said, no, you don't understand. I'm talking about being renewed, reborn again. He explained. He said, for those who are born again, they can see the kingdom and they can enter a kingdom. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth. Actually in earth, Peter helped us in the first service. In earth as it is. So you are a representation of heaven touching earth. Heaven has come to live in Oh, 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 heaven is in my heart. Oh, 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 heaven is in my heart. You are a representation of heaven walking on earth. You know what Paul says? He says to the Corinthian church, he says, whoever you forgive, he says, I will forgive also. He said, for we are not unawares of the wiles of the devil. What does the devil do? He goes around like a roaring lion, seeing whom he may devour. He says, give to the devil no place. Paul says, whoever you forgive, I forgive also. Jesus looks at the man they've let through the roof, on the ground. He looks at the man's faith that put him through the roof. He says to the man, your sins are forgiven you. They say, who are you to forgive sins? He says that you might know that the Son of Man, Son of a born of a woman. So Son of Man doesn't just mean Jesus. It means any of you who were born of a woman. That you might know that the Son of Man has the power to forgive sins. What is easier, to say to him, take up your bed and walk, or your sins be forgiven? But that you might know that I have the power to forgive sins, take up your bed and walk. Same blood, same action, same God. Same probability, God who forgives sins heals the sick. Say kingdom. I'm taking the time this morning to lay a foundation of the kingdom of light because we are about to step out and where we go, we are going to mobilize a bunch of believers who are going to look for souls. When we step out and mobilize to take those souls, we must know that we are not alone. We must know that we're not powerless. We must know that God is giving us the ability to forgive sins, to set people free, to break them free, to set the captives free. Say it was for freedom that Christ has set us free. Say 2 Corinthians 3. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, liberty. Okay, what else can I tell you about the kingdom before I close? Uh, hmm. Oh, this is a good one. Say eternal kingdom. So Daniel has a dream as a prophet. He says to Daniel, Daniel, or the, sorry, the king builds the statue and Daniel has to interpret the dream. There's a, there's a statue of gold, and of silver, and of bronze, and of iron, and the feet are made of clay and iron. He said, but in the dream, a stone gets released without the doing of a man's hand. The stone rolls down the hill, crushes the iron and clay feet, and the entire statue falls. What is the meaning of the dream? 
The meaning of the dream is the statue represents the Roman Empire, the Grecian Empire, represents all the powers that were in existence in the time of Daniel. The stone that released, he says, the stone that's released without the doing of man's hand is an eternal kingdom that will never end. When Jesus comes to the earth, he becomes the kingdom of all kingdoms. He becomes the Lord of all lords. It's going to crush every other kingdom that ever existed. God is about to set his kingdom up, not only in us, but round about us. <sighs> okay. So, we are a kingdom of light. <sighs> and it's time for us to realize our position. He is the king of kings. Who are those kings? They are we. There's a rule and reign. He says you will rule and reign in this life by one Christ Jesus. The anointed one with his anointing is our Lord. He's a kingdom of light. And the power of evangelism Evangelism is to proclaim the lordship of our God and that he reigns. How lovely are the feet of him who bring good news. What's the good news? The kingdom. Our God reigns. You say, Dave, have you seen what's going on in the earth? Mm. You say, Dave, have you seen what's going on in Eskom? Mm. Dave, have you seen what's going on in America? Mm. Have you seen all of these things? Mm -hmm. None of the things that you're speaking about inside the church and outside the church and whatever, none of these things have ever tipped him off his throne. Our God reigns. All power is given unto me, he said, in heaven and the earth. Go ye therefore. The power of his forgiveness, the power of his deliverance, the power of his healing has come upon us, the church. So we go to Rodney Howard Brown's meetings on Friday morning, and the place is half full, the arena at um, Grand West. I can't remember that place name. Maybe I'm not supposed to go there. Okay, no, never mind. So we're in Grand West Arena and the place is half full. And he makes an altar call for sinners to come home, for people who are cold and feel that they have drifted away from God to reinstate their love to people who need healing. I think there were four things. But the first altar call was not so much for healing, it was for people to come to Jesus. And the half the building gets up and walks to the front. Now, I love Rodney, and I'm not criticizing, I'm not judging anybody. And I'm not saying that we are greater than anybody, I'm not saying that at all. If I preach these things this morning, I stand right in front of the queue and say, Lord, start with me. Wash me, cleanse me, renew me, fill me with your spirit. That's what we're going for. That's what we're seeking after. A renewal, a revival. And I look at this for a moment and I go, this is not right. That the children of God, if that was, you know when they make a tar road? You know they go out and they take a little drill thing and they drill it through the surface or concrete and they take a, what is that, a, a, a sample. If Friday morning was a song, I don't know how Friday night, but if Friday morning was a sample of what a cross section of the kingdom of God is supposed to look like in Cape Town, then we're in serious trouble because people don't know their identity. They know, don't understand their righteousness. They don't understand that they're forgiven. They don't know, understand that all power has been given unto them. Listen, guys, I put myself right in the front. I'm not judging anybody. I'm saying something to you. It's time for us to have a serious look and ask ourselves some serious, see for serious questions. Cody and I were having coffee this week. Pastor Cody sitting at the back there. Pastor Cody and I come for years from Whitbank. 
We had an awesome time the other morning. And he used this terminology. He said, it's time for power evangelism. What does power evangelism look like? It looks like this. When the waitress hands you your coffee, and you take the coffee out of her hand, the power of God hits her so hard that she doesn't know which way, which day it is, whether it's Monday, Wednesday, or Dingaan's Day. She doesn't know, but she knows one thing. Jesus has just saved her. Hello? When you touch somebody's hand and you say to them, healed, and there's an instantaneous healing. Power evangelism is when you walk into a place and the whole building falls down on their knees and gives their lives to Jesus. Church of the Lord Jesus Christ, listen to me. If Elijah can call rain down, if Joshua can walk around the city and the walls fall in, do I have to go through the entire Old Testament? Why does the Old Testament miracles look so spectacular and the church pales in existence to it when we stand and look at what? ESCOM. United States looks the way. No, 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 no. That ends now. That stops today. We start praying from today. Say, God, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in us as it is in heaven. I am a kingdom of light. I am a walking, ruling, and reigning one by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's time for it to stop somewhere. I know we feel weak. I know we feel as if our prayers don't exist anymore. I know we've had so many unanswered prayers. But you know what? None of that phases me right now because I know the truth. I know what God can do in a life. I know what He can do in a business. I know what He can do. We prophesy over people, then they phone us up. We go to Hermanus. Albi gives a woman a word. She phones us in tears the next day. She says, the job I've been waiting for my whole life. The guy phoned me, headhunted me this morning. I'm leaving Hermanus. I'm going to Stellenbosch. The best job I could have ever asked for came looking for me. There are people just these last three weeks that have come out in and during the service that have had a whole life of hell. And in one service, one word, their lives turned right side up. One lady came in here on the, on the Sunday. We prayed for her. On the Monday, she walked into a job. I'm not just talking about jobs. I'm talking about unsaved relatives. I'm talking about sickness that has plagued you your entire life. It's time to say, enough! It's time for you to draw a line in the sand and say, I believe that I believe that I believe that God is ruling and reigning, that He's on the throne right now. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. I trust in His promises. I'm going for it, Lord. I'm going for it like I've never gone for it before because I believe. From this moment on, Every place you place your foot belongs to the kingdom. You are a space taker, a place maker, an atmosphere breaker to decree, to proclaim, to establish, to settle a thing already settled. Sickness must go. Darkness must go. Oppression must go. Every knee must bow. Every tongue must confess that Jesus is Lord. Name above all names, King of all kings, King of glory. There's a beautiful psalm that we sing. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Let the King of glory come in. Who is this King of glory? Open up your gates, your mind, your being as a person. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Let the King of glory come in. Who is this King of glory? The King of glory, the Lord Almighty, mighty to save. Do you have some unsaved person in your life? Some child that is running from God? Some situation that you need change that God enters into that ungodly situation that's going on? I want you to stand on your feet right now. I want you to stand right now. And if you're in this place and you're saying, Pastor, I heard that sermon and I need God in my life right now, you can also stand. 
Say, I want God, I want his kingdom, I want his peace, I want his rulership. I've run for long enough. Jy het vir lang genoeg gehaard loop, jy kan nie weghaard loop. You can run, but you cannot hide. Ask this guy, ask this guy. I can tell you with all of my being, I tried to run, but I couldn't. Say, I need Jesus. I need Jesus in my life. I need Jesus in my children's life. I need the kingdom to come. Those of you who are sitting near somebody that's standing, go to that person. And if you know somebody's here that knows Jesus and they're a family member and you want to pray for them right now, go to them. Go and sit next to them. Go and put your arm around them. Just love on them right now. I'm not going to tell anybody to come out. I'm not going to tell anybody to come to the front. I'm not going to make you ashamed this morning. God knows your name. He's counted the hairs on your head. He knows what you need. He's got your number. He's got your back. He's got his target on your back. You cannot run from him. He's hunting you down right now. He's hunting you down right now. You say, Jesus, I want certainty. I want peace. If you're watching us by live stream right now, I want you to go and stand in front of your phone. Stand in front of, stand up on your feet. Put your phone in front of you. If you need healing in your body by supernatural, you're watching right now. We're declaring the kingdom of God right into that screen of that, of that laptop, of that phone, of that smart TV right now. Put your hand on the screen. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, look at that situation. Say, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Right now, right now, right now, in Jesus' name, right now, as it is in heaven. Father, I thank you right now. You are touching lives. You are the way maker. You are the miracle worker. You are the promise keeper. You're healing broken hearts right now. I didn't choose that song. They didn't know what I'm going to preach. They chose that song. That song is right for this moment. Say, thank you, Jesus. You love me. You've never stopped loving me. And I receive right now. Pray it with me. Say, Lord, forgive me. Wash me in your blood. Take away my sins. Make me a new creation. Thank you. I am now your child forever and ever. I believe it with my heart. I confess it with my mouth. If you're standing here in for somebody, say, Father, thank you. Right now, I call your kingdom. Satan, you cannot have them. I bind your works as kingdom on this earth in rulership and authority, kings, oh, royal priesthood. I bind your works. Say it with authority. Say, I bind you. I bind your works. I cancel your operation. You are no longer welcome in that life. In the mighty name of Jesus, I release that person to freedom and deliverance in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Save to the bone, Lord. Save in Jesus' name. Healed miraculously right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Many people cannot see the kingdom without the Holy Ghost. Without the Holy Ghost, you cannot see the kingdom. You've got to have the Holy Spirit. You've got to have Him. How many of you sitting here cannot speak in tongues? Can you speak all in tongues? You've got to speak in tongues. You must come today that God fills you. Open your mouth. I sat next to my peer daughter today. What a beautiful girl. And she says she's been speaking in tongues. 
She started speaking in tongues. It's easy as that. You've got to have it to enter and to see the kingdom. You hear about it, but it's like you cannot move into that mighty works of the Spirit, into that realm. It's through the tongues. So whoever comes, even if I stand here till tonight, we'll get you all speaking in tongues. So that's... It's her special, it's her speciality, this fire, this fire hydrant of mine, this Ruiko, this, 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 um, she's the, she's my ever ready. What's that battery? The copper top. The... If you want to be baptized in the spirit and talk in tongues, come and see Albie, she's going to lay hands on you, I'm going to help her. Say she gets you like through like this. It's just and it's over. All right. So the rest of you stand, please. Say to somebody, I was in the right place at the right time. God is speaking to me. Say it. Say it. Say it. Say God is speaking to me. Say thank you, Jesus. What is Afrikaans? That you moeite met my mark. What's it? That you what? That he put. Huh? Come here and tell me. I can't hear that for. Huh? Yeah, thank you, Jesus, for making an effort with me. Couldn't think of that. Okay. Raise your hands. Say, this is the first day of the rest of my life. I receive by faith a kingdom that cannot be seen, that cannot be touched, yet it lives on the inside of me. I'm part of that kingdom. And Lord, you are with me always. Until the end of days. In Jesus' name. Amen. Love of God. Grace of God.